Oh, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Making a list for all the boys and girls and all and on the red. All is merry and bright. Hang your stockings and say your prayers, Pacers fans. Cause Santa Claus comes tonight. All right, that's it. That will be the last song I make myself sing on this on the Pacers pod. 2019 will bring some sort of intro music. It's got to be cuz I I don't think I can muster up I don't even know if it's mustering up confidence, more or less just turning my give a fuck meter all the way off and letting myself start a podcast with some sort of song that I just make up on the spot. So 2019, I got to come up with some sort of intro music for this thing because these songs are not sustainable. Uh, Regardless, welcome to another episode of the Pacers pod. This is the 18th time. I've stepped up to the mic and talked about the Pacers, and it's been a rough couple nights. So I'm recording this on Thursday, December 20th, and we're coming off of two extremely, extremely frustrating, but personally, I'm not that frustrated. It's just if you're, if you play for the Pacers, I'm sure these are frustrating, unfortunately, losses. Um, Maybe I jinx the Pacers. I don't know. No, I don't believe in jinx, especially from me. Maybe, maybe Maybe if it was like the locked on Pacers pod or something and they were like, oh, the Pacers are so good. We're streaking. And then Pacers lose two buzzer beaters. Well, I guess the Toronto game wasn't a buzzer beater, but two super close games in a row after bragging about how the team's so hot. Um, regardless, after my last episode, I definitely titled it, We're Going Streaking! Exclamation point, thinking that we were going to roll over the Cavs and give the, the Raptors a fight. And uh, we ended up losing both of those games. Um, but still, it's still a good time to be a Pacers fan the state of the Pacers is still positive. Um, I think there's room to file away both of these recent games as you can find, well, not the Cavs game necessarily. I mean, you can just say, well, we didn't bring it. We overlooked the Cavs. We got beat. Um, And I'll get into the game a little bit, but um, especially for the Raptors game, it was like, well, you know, we lost, However, um, played well, and you can justify that loss. But uh, anyways, um, since I said the Pacers were going streaking, we have now been caught streaking. Um, the cops were actually at the end of the at the end of the mall, um, and they've arrested us. So the streaking is now over, and instead we're streaking to jail with a two-game losing streak. Um, which reminds me, uh, 
you know, that I, I actually have gone streaking before. And, uh, I did this with, uh, let's see, what was that? Maybe like four or five of my friends from high school. We were, I don't know, for whatever reason, my junior and senior year, like once you had your license, there's such a big difference, right? Between your junior and senior year and your freshman and sophomore year when it comes to high school. It's almost like, it's like pre-license and post-license, but like post-license or post-friends having their license. Um, my school, we would have these half days, and I specifically remember them around in the fall. And when I don't know, for whatever reason, it's like when you had a half day, it was like something's going to fucking go down that day because, you know, it's a break from the norm. And uh, I remember... At, at, well, actually, it would have been my junior year because I remember there was a guy who was a year ahead of me was a, was a part of this. But there was a half day during the fall. I think it was like fall break or whatever. And we'd have like two half days in a row before having a full day off or something. But whatever, who cares? Um, but we got, off, got out of school. I remember um, getting, out, getting out of school, you know, 1130, 12 o'clock or whatever. And we drove to Kokomo, which was like 20, 30 minutes away from where, where I went to school and eating, uh, we got the buffet. They had a lunch buffet at, P at the Pizza Hut. So I went to like a super small school. Uh, so like, so small, like there was no, there were no restaurants that you could go to, to eat. Like if you wanted to go get something to eat that wasn't from a gas station, you had to go you know, 20, 30 minutes, you either had to go to Lafayette or you had to go to Kokomo. Um, but I remember this one particular half day of school, me and my buddies, we took two, funny, two Oldsmobile Cutlasses. So like I had an Oldsmobile Cutlass, 1995, and my buddy had, oh, so I had a red one and then my buddy got a white one. So we had matching cars. Um, but so we loaded up the cutlasses. So there's probably like six or seven of us guys. We went to Pizza Hut, started crushing that buffet for lunch on our half day. And I, I don't know, there's probably a football game or something that afternoon because I don't think any of our football friends were with us. These were like, it was like the friends that were just, I don't know, the cool ones, you know, like the ones that were not going to be cops or teachers, but the ones that are probably, what are these guys doing? I don't know, just cool as shit, not working for the state. <laughs> so we're at Pizza Hut, eating buffet. I don't know, somebody said something about like, um, I don't know, something along the lines of like, gonna go streaking, like what can, how, like I, of course I can't remember this exactly, cause this was, let's see, I would have been 17 or 18. No, I would have been 17, so that's, you know, 15 years ago. So it's a long ass time ago. But I remember being at Pizza Hut and somebody laid out a dare of like, we're going to like somebody, let's go streaking. And this Pizza Hut in Kokomo sat right next to a strip mall. And I remember not a lot of stores on this strip mall, but like, I remember there being a great clips haircut place because I, I would get my haircut there every once in a while. I remember there being a UPS store. Um, there had to be other stores because it was like a decent size strip mall, 
but it was all, you know, outside or whatever. Um, so <laughs> being the fucking geniuses that we were as high school kids, we decided that we were going to pull off a streak. So, well, you know, some of us were out of like the out of the seven or eight of us. There are only three or four of us that were actually willing to to go through with it. Because it's like, if somebody comes out with a challenge, uh, there's going to be those who rise to the challenge and there's going to be those who say, no way, man. And uh, I'm not proud of this, but I rose to the challenge and uh, I said, I'd be, I'll, I'll join these other friends of mine in the streak. Um, so we had to like kind of plan it out. So it just made it, you know, like that's what we spent our lunchtime doing while we were eating Pizza Hut Buffet. It's like, all right, how are we going to pull off this streak? So we had these two Oldsmobile Cutlasses. And then we had, um, what, four guys that were willing to streak. So I remember this vividly. I was letting somebody else drive my car. I was in the back seat of my own car. And we took the two Cutlasses and they, we met at one end of the parking lot of this strip mall. And it was like, all right. The people that are going to streak were in the back seats and that way they could like take their clothes off. And then the people that weren't streaking were in the front seats. Now, both of these cutlasses were not Ford. These are not four door vehicles. So <laughs> the driver had to get out and like, you know, push the seat forward so that some naked high school kid could get out of the car. <laughs> That's ridiculous to think about. But um <laughs> so I remember like, all right, so the both cutlasses are parked at one end of the uh, of this strip mall. And we're like, all right, we're going to jump out. The streakers are going to streak down the stripping mall, strip mall. And then once they get out of the car, the two cars are going to drive to the end of the strip mall so that they can be the getaway vehicles and pick pick the streakers up so that the street so that we can then just drive home. So it's like, all right. And I think this is probably like, I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to do this streak had this been my own city, right? Like, so that's the thing about going, like when you grow up the way I grew up in a small town, it's like you do all your hashtag or, or not hashtag, but quote running, like when you're running around, right? Like your running is on like other people's turf. So you're just a visitor always. Like I didn't have to worry about, I don't know. I mean, I didn't have to really worry about like, um, our teacher's husband or something at the barbershop when I go streaking by. It was like, no, we're on other people's turf. We're just visiting, and then we're going to go back to our turf. So there was something about kind of like going out there, like making a mark. That way you came home with a story to tell. Yeah, I think that's, that's actually a, a pretty good summary of maybe kind of what was driving this type of behavior. Um yeah, because every time every time we'd go to town, it'd be like just doing fucking crazy shit. Like one of my friends had a a van that we would throw. I mean, you know, I think the uh, yeah enough time has passed. It's not like I could get in trouble for this anymore. But like we would just throw anything we could imagine out the window of his van as we were driving down the road. So it'd be like we get one of those auto books and and rip it into like half and like throw it so that it would just make some sort of it would just rain litter just dumb shit you know like just real dumb 
kind of like white trash, small school fun. That's like what I was wrapped up in. Anyways, I shouldn't have gone down that road. There's no reason to, to throw that dirt on myself, but because I'm probably digging in a big enough hole with this streaking story, but like it was going to be Oldsmobile Cutlasses drop off the streakers, Oldsmobile Cutlasses drive to the end of the strip mall, pick up the streakers, and away we flee. So I was a streaker. Um, I do remember one of my friends that was streaking was in the back seat of my car with me. We both got naked right before we jumped out of the car. He like ripped some sort of heart, not not heart, ripped some sort of fart straight from hell. One that just like, just I thought was going to melt my seat. Like just some nasty ass fart. Uh, but that's just what high school boys do, I suppose. Just nasty, nasty stuff. Um, man, this is, man, I'm going to try to keep, I just need to finish the story and move on to the Pacers. But we get out of the car. We start streaking down the down the sidewalk, and I'll just never forget the rush. I remember kind of like, I mean, I was out there, you know, not the only person, but three or four of us running down this sidewalk. Now, there's nobody outside necessarily, but there are Patreons in the businesses. Um, and we're just, I remember just running down this sidewalk, and we start, one of my friends, or maybe it was me, I don't remember who started it, but we decided to start like, kind of hitting the windows as we started running through this strip mall, like with our hands. So like we're running through this, running, running outside on this sidewalk, just banging against the windows of these businesses. And we're all just butt ass naked. And it was just like, there's something about like looking up as you're like, just going through this experience. Like, I can't believe I'm, I'm I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. Just like running around naked, like grabbing my, grabbing my stuff so that nobody sees it because I, of course, was embarrassed. And then, like, but, like, looking up ahead and seeing your friends, like, bare ass running around and, like, kind of just looking around. Like, it's, it was such a surreal moment. Uh, and then just start banging on the windows. Anyways. Um, we got in the, we got back into our cars and, and we made it home safely. But uh, how can I tie this in? Well, I guess the moral of the story there is like when you start calling out the streak, sometimes you get caught. And uh, luckily when I was in high school, I didn't get caught, but I got called out on the Pacers pod because I, I said we're going streaking and then we quickly lose two games in a row. All right. Where'd it go from here? That was, uh, that was a little, little story back to the glory days. Um, so yeah, I basically spilled the beans here as far as what's happened the last two days with the Pacers. They've lost, we lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers and to the Toronto Raptors, uh, bringing our record to 20 and 12. I, I should have checked this. I don't know since the, uh, the Raptors game, if we're still third in the East or not, but, um, before I get into the games, I will talk about some of the headlines that the Pacers have made. First off, we had another Eastern Conference Player of the Week, Mr. Thaddeus Young. Won Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week. This was coming off of the game 
uh, when the paper, well, this was while we were streaking, right? This was whenever we were going past the UPS store and Great Clips and everything was good. Uh, Thaddeus was probably leading the pack, if you can imagine that. Uh, scoring, averaging over 25 points a game, over 10 rebounds, uh, over three steals, holding uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo to 12 points. The Pacers um, beat the Bucks and the 76ers. So congratulations to Thad for winning Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Uh, Victor Oladipo won this award already this year in November. I was curious as to, you know, I wonder how like what the record would be for an NBA team, like how many different players on one team could win like Conference Player of the Week during a season. I didn't, I, I was, I didn't find a stat, but I would imagine it's probably uh, like four or five, maybe. So the Pacers have two, not that it matters, but it's cool. That's a cool award. It's like, who got hot, you know? I know, uh, like I said, Oladipo won it in November, so Thad makes it the second player for the Pacers to, to win Player of the Week award. I could see Turner and Sabonis winning this award as well um, have, if they have the right, the right types of games in a week. Um, let's see another headline for the Pacers over the past couple days here is we are now, we now join the most of the league with a advertisement on our jerseys. So the Pacers were one of, were actually the second to last team. There's only one team left that hasn't done this yet, but the NBA last year opened up the Jersey one part of the jersey there's a patch on the left shoulder um, for sponsorship and so 28 of the nba teams have have already signed on with a with a company or whatever to sell that part of the jersey that's something that i remember it's quite it was kind of it's kind of a debate in the united states because our professional teams don't do that i i believe the nba is the first professional team well, prob I mean, I probably soccer. Like, I bet the MLS probably does because it's such a, um, um, it, you know, it's very common in, in like the English Premier League or like the soccer leagues in Europe to have advertisements on the jerseys. But in the in American leagues, especially the, the, the main three, NBA, NFL, MLB, it wasn't really, it's not a thing or it wasn't a thing before last year to have a corporate sponsorship on the jersey like it was okay to have that on the the arena floor or like the the court or the field spot we see sponsorships everywhere but that was the jersey was still a sacred uh, a sacred spot that corporate money hadn't hadn't taken yet uh but the nba was the first of the leagues and maybe still the only i don't think i've seen it with nfl or mlb yet but they decided to open up one little patch on the left-hand side of the jersey when they switched to the Nike jerseys because now you've got a Nike check on the right side of the jersey and now there's an open spot, which now most of the teams, every team, in fact, now that the Pacers have joined, besides the Oklahoma City Thunder, have a jersey patch deal. So the Pacers signed with Motorola. No, not Motorola, but Motorola. Um, 
and I couldn't get any hard numbers, but the deal's worth about eight to ten million dollars for two years, so about five million a year, four and a half to four to five million a year. The league average is about six and a half million dollars a year for this this spot. Some of the other teams have like StubHub, um, Harley Davidson. Uh, let's see who else has like a uh, da, 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 GM. Or no, sorry, GE. I think it's GE for the Celtics. Um, basically, every team besides the Thunder has a corporate sponsor now on their jersey. And so the Pacers chose Motorola, which the logo is just an M. So it's like nothing nothing crazy. But I don't know. It's just interesting nonetheless. So... Eight to ten million dollars for two years. My my question is, you know, where does that money go? Does that just go to the Pacers organization? I mean, obviously that's probably the the umbrella that it goes to. But like, does that just go to the ownership, or do do they use that to pay for you know salaries of the players or this the staff or maybe like the administration of the Pacers. Like, I just, I'm just curious to where that money goes. I'm sure it just all kind of gets, it's probably like a business where that's just, that's just kind of like a sale in a sense, or yeah, I'm sure it just goes probably to marketing, um, like marketing, like sales from marketing. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, Pacers have a, a, a logo now on their jerseys. So I probably, that will probably never go away once that money's there. Uh, it'd be hard to imagine that ever not being there. So um, I guess we'll just get used to it. I don't. I, I don't care. I mean, whatever. Um, I mentioned Thad Young being Eastern Conference Player of the Week, and then the other big news for the Pacers this past week was Kelly Kroskoff was named the Assistant General Manager. Uh, this is big news because she is the first female to ever be hired in in a position like this in an NBA front office. So um, the NBA is pretty progressive. They have female referees, female um, assistant coaches, but Kelly Kroskoff is the first female to, to be in a position of assistant general manager. And, um, you know, basically, like, what her role is going to be is she's going to be assisting in, like, personnel issues. So who are we going to draft? Who should we trade? Uh, who should we send to the G League? Those types of things. Um, so it's cool. You know, I, it, it, she was somebody who has been with the Pacers. Well, not the Pacers. I don't know how that, how that works. She was with the Fever, for 17 years, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals three years in a row, or not three years in a row. I don't know if it was three years in a row. I know they went three years, and they and she did uh, win an, a, a WNBA championship. So she's obviously uh, got some smarts, and uh, it's exciting. It's it kind of makes it's nice um, to be a, a part of something that is seen as progressive to the rest of the country. Not that it really matters. Like, I don't really give a shit that if people think that Indiana is, you know, stuck in its ways or like, oh, we're the ones that don't support gay marriage or 
whatever the issue may be like i don't honestly care that much because it's like how do it's what the state does does not reflect me as an individual uh but it is nice to see you know the usa today run and run an article about the pacers being the first organization in the nba to to hire a female to this level of a position so um yeah it's kind of something to be proud of and i think it's newsworthy um so anyways, let's see if I, I don't know, I, I could get into some basketball talk here. Basically, like I said, this is this is Thursday night. Um, the Pacers were had won seven games in a row, and they were 20 and 10. And then they, we had a back-to-back, a home game on Tuesday against the Cavs, and then on the road to Toronto on Wednesday. Pacers end up losing both of those games. Um, I took some notes. I watched both of these games with my wife, and... The first game, the home game, the home loss to the Cavs was super, super disappointing. Um, it was such a bad game to watch. The score was 92 to 91 when it was all said and done. The Pacers lost on a last second tip shot by Larry Nance. And um, the Cavs are just such a bad team. The Cavs are a team that are trying to lose games. Like the management. Um, I would assume, actually I know because my best friend is a Cavs fan, the fans, the management, they do not want to win games. They want to be the worst team in the league so that they have the best chance at getting the first overall draft pick next spring, therefore getting probably Zion Williamson from Duke, who seems to be a generational type player, generational type type talent coming into the league next year. So the Cavs are trying to suck, but yet, you know, the Pacers, who are trying to be good, got beat. And that's the thing, too. It's like you talk about these, or not you, as in like the people listening to this, but you hear people talk about teams that are tanking, and you assume, at least I do, that like the players are tanking. Well, the players are not tanking. Well, the reason the team is tanking is because the management has stripped all the talent away from a team in a sense. Um, And they're putting out a product, a group of guys that are not capable of winning very many games. The players themselves are trying to win games. And that's why they end up winning some games sometimes. But as a decent team in a situation like this, where you're going up against a team who's trying when the management and the fans are trying to lose, all you got to do is beat these players you just got to punch him in the mouth, but the Pacers never did. They let the Cavs stick around the entire game, and it was a joke. You know, like you look at the Cavs roster, especially that night against the Pacers, their best players, um, you know, were Larry Nance, Rodney Hood, Seti Osman. Have you heard of those guys? I mean... I've heard of those guys, but that's because I I follow this stuff all the time. But like, these are not good NBA players. Now, I would take Larry Nance on my team. I would take a chance at Rodney Hood. And I'd even take a chance at Seti Osman. But like, these were the best players on on the team for the Cavs. So it was ridiculous that the Pacers lost. They lost because they didn't bring any energy. They looked bored. Um, They had no rhythm. It was just a game that was super frustrating to watch as a fan because like as a fan 
you know, you're ready to bring it every night. You're, I, I, you know, you spend your whole day at work, you come home and it's like, all right, I've got four hours before I got to get to bed. What am I going to do with these hours? And you can decide, well, I'm going to record the game and I'm going to watch the, I'm going to watch the Pacers for two of my hours. I'm going to do that with my wife too. We're going to make it and we're going to kind of make it a thing. So we, I mean, I, I bring my, my approach to the games are consistent and I'm ready for a win every single night. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just not how it goes, right? But uh, anyways, the game against the Cavs was just, it was one of those games that was just horrible. Um, the Pacers did end up getting six guys in double figures. Uh, the Pacers had a six-point lead, I believe, with about, I don't know, at least a, I mean, at least a minute and a half left to go in the fourth quarter of that Cavs game. Oladipo missed his last three free throws, um, and yet the Pacers still had the lead. They were up by one with the last possession of the game. With the ca- the Cavs had the ball in their hand. Pacers were up by one. The Pacers played great defense, forced the Cavs into shooting the three-pointer that uh, was missed. However, there was enough time on the clock for Larry Nance to push over Victor Oladipo and tip in the missed shot for the basket goes in, Cavs go up by one, game over. Cleveland beats the Pacers, a.k.a. cops at the end of the strip mall ready to arrest the streakers. So the streak's over. Um, after the game, Oladipo said, you know, I got to do better. I got to make big, I got to make the big shots and make the right decisions. Um, you know, he said something about, you know, we'll, uh, what, what it was kind of like, we'll, we'll be better. You know, it's a long season and it's good to be humbled. Oh no, sorry. That's actually what Darren Collison said. Darren, I've got Darren Collison's quote. It was like, when you win a lot of games, it's good to be humble. That's what it was. Uh, Coach McMillan said, we were in a fog all night. We gave the game away. Um, we can't get bored with winning. That's what he told the guys. Um, one of the things that I was thinking when I was watching the game, because this is what was going on. It's like we, were, we, played, we played our best guys, and they just weren't bringing it. Um, there was no energy. We could never actually put the Cavs away, and the Cavs were not pre- playing particularly well. You can look at the score. It's not like anybody was going crazy. Um, so as a, as a call myself a, a couch coach, you know, a coach sitting on the couch, I was I'm questioning why we didn't play any of the young guys because it was it this to me seems like a perfect night when the starters and the bench guys, which the Pacers is teams full of these, we, that's our biggest strength is our depth. Um, but they're veterans for the most part. They, they didn't have the energy. Why not throw in some of the young guys like Aaron Holiday or TJ Leaf? Uh, for whatever reason, both of those guys got zero minutes of action. I don't know if maybe they're goofing off at practice, playing Pokemon or something. I don't know, whatever the young guys do these days. Um, but they didn't get any action, and I just question that, you know. Why wouldn't you play these guys when the game's already sucking? 
I, I would assume it's probably the thought because I, I remember, you know, it's kind of not that I could compare my playing days to the NBA, but I'm going to do it anyways. But there are some games when the when the starters are playing so bad, the coach will decide like, screw it, I'm going to make these guys lose the game on them up by themselves. Like I'm not even so sometimes the starters come out or not even the starters, but the guys that normally get the minutes, they when they get put out in the game and they suck, they get yanked early and the scrubs get put in. That happens sometimes. Other times when they're not doing well. They get left in the game to figure it out. And I felt like that's what Nate McMillan was doing in this game against the Cavs. He was leaving those guys in, the guys that he plans to play in the playoffs, leaving them in and asking them to figure it out. And I I get that. And, you know, it's fine. But, like, I would just think, why wouldn't you at least give Aaron Holiday or you know, especially Aaron Holiday. I can't believe I'm asking for TJ Leaf, but I was asking for TJ Leaf in the game against the Cavs because at least he's a different look. Maybe he's hot. Maybe he can come in and hit two or three threes, especially Aaron Holiday. Like, why wouldn't you play Holiday for a little while? I just don't, I didn't get that. Maybe Holiday did something to practice or he's on the short list because he didn't get any run in the game against Toronto as well. Uh, which I'll get into here. So, you know, in, to recap, Pacers lost to the Cavs. And then uh, the next night they went to Toronto. Um, looked really, really good against Toronto. We were up 15 points in the second quarter. And also 15 points in the third quarter, I remember. Like halfway through the third quarter. But then it all, the wheels fell off in the fourth. And Toronto started... Um, really locking down the Pacers on defense. I remember seeing the fourth quarter point total being at like 22 to 11 at some point. Um, I remember the Raptors were on a 17 to 4 run. Um, and the Raptors are a good team, right? The Raptors are first in the Eastern Conference. This was the first time that the Pacers played the, the Raptors. I know after listening to the post-game interviews from the Cleveland game the night before, a lot of the guys were talking about, you know, Toronto was a chance to, you know, bounce back and, you know, kind of prove themselves a bit. And the Pacers did that. You know, the Pacers, they looked great. They played great. But the offense just shut off in the fourth quarter. And, I mean, a lot of that goes to the Toronto defense, which they're known for. Toronto is blessed with a handful of guys that have just incredible NBA bodies. Pascal Siakam, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, OG Ananobi, DeLon Wright, you know, Malachi Richardson. They just got a lot of big, long, lean dudes that can defend um clog the passing lanes put a lot of pressure on the ball there were the last four or five minutes of the game when toronto got close or took like when toronto tied so like i mentioned i know the pacers were up by like 15 or so in the third quarter and then i think it was maybe they were up eight or ten going into the fourth but toronto had had kind of captured the momentum and then they continued that in the fourth quarter and then about halfway through the fourth quarters when the game started, it knotted up and either the Raptors 
tied the game or got within two points. And it was just the Pacers could not get a good look. The Raptors just completely shut him down defensively. Um, Oladipo got called for eight-second violation, which is like when you don't get the ball across half court. And Toronto wasn't even pressing. It was just... I don't even remember who it was guarding them. I, 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 wasn't, I don't even remember watching the play. I just remember seeing the whistle and the reaction after the play. Uh, but Oladipo was just kind of like haphazardly walking the ball up the court, I suppose. Or maybe there was some pressure being put on him. But regardless, it was an eight-second call turnover. And this was just kind of indicative of that whole um, kind of feel of the game for the Pacers of that last half of the fourth quarter. It was all the momentum was in Toronto's favor, which, you know, granted, they're the best team in the East. They were at home. They had the best player with Kawhi Leonard, who was playing fantastic. Uh, it makes sense that, th- that they did that to the Pacers, and, I, and that's fine. But it was just the fact that the Pacers had that game almost won. We were up by 15 points in the third quarter. We were up by 10 points going into the fourth quarter. It's like, especially coming after coming off that buzzer beater loss to the Cavs, it would have been nice to see us get a win there. So it's super frustrating that we got two losses in two games that we should have won. Um, So, I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of, you just got to go with it. It's a long season, 82 games. Pacers are 20 and 12 now. We got the Brooklyn Nets coming up tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to be in Fort Wayne tomorrow night. One of my best friends is in town from Austin, Texas. He's a Pacer fan. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know if we're going to watch the game tomorrow night or not. I know my wife and uh, my sweet pooch Harbor will be watching the game. Um but this will probably be the last podcast until after Christmas because I'm going to be going to my parents' house uh, for a couple of days. And I know the Pacers, well, I don't know their schedule too much after the after this game Friday night against at Brooklyn, actually. But let's get a win, right? I mean, come on, let's get back. Let's, let's correct this. Uh, Brooklyn's a, a very, very winnable game, even though it's on the road. I mean, we, we need to get a win. Let's not let this losing streak turn into anything more than two games. And uh, I think we'll go from there. I uh, like to just wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Um, I like Christmas. I, ha- I uh, well, I don't really, I don't know what I should say here. Yeah. It's there's there's definitely a lot of things I, I love about Christmas. As I as I've gotten older, um, it's hard to it's hard to have those same um, feelings that I used to have about Christmas. And maybe that's due to the fact that I don't have any children. Uh, I remember as a child, you know, just the anticipation of Christmas Day and just the whole season itself and I do like the season but there was I mean I can't help but just think of it as 
it's like a checklist of things I have to do. It's like, oh, these are all these people that I need to, I need to get something for. I need to show them that I care about them so that I got them a gift. Um, and so like today during my, and so, like I said, this is Thursday, December 20th. So I'm, I'm getting close to the, to the deadline here, but it's like, all right, I know I, I need to get something for my brother. I need to get something for, um, somebody at work, uh, for, for our white elephant gift. And it's like all these things, it's not that much, but, um, I was at TJ Maxx on my lunch break. So it's 12 31 o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday and you just look around and it's like you can tell that TJ Maxx loves Christmas because they've got there's no room to walk in the aisles because they have all these tables set up with all these interesting little games you're like oh I didn't know there was a game for the big Lebowski and you and you look at it and you're like hmm would my brother like this does he like that movie like just trying to think of something to get somebody that you love. It's like it shouldn't be that hard, and and maybe, you know, maybe it's just a me problem. Like maybe this isn't something. But like I I was I just was like looking around at TJ at TJ Maxx. I'm seeing these, you know, seeing these people going through this, the the racks of clothing and looking through these bins of board games and little cheap technology gifts and. Nobody looked like super happy and whatever, like that's fine. I was, I didn't look super happy, but it, it was just kind of depressing in a sense. I was like, why, like, why are we doing this? And I, I'm not saying that to, to be on like a high horse because, you know, I, I'm going to buy something, but it's just like, I didn't end up buying anything at TJ Maxx and that's just because I couldn't find anything. I didn't know what to buy. Um, it was just a weird thing about Christmas. Like you got, you're like wandering around trying to find something to buy people that you think that they will not find like so that it seems like you put some thought into it but it's like I don't know it's just weird so anyways Merry Christmas everybody Merry Christmas to the Pacers pod Merry Christmas to the Pacers to um yeah to everybody. All right. I think I've said enough to make myself sound ridiculous. I will uh, be signing off here. Thank you all for listening to episode 18. The streak is over. <laughs>